Uh, it's all, it's uh, thank you to the uh, to the commissioner and uh, the amazing job he does of you know and, and you just look and uh, even coming here you can see what it what it means that the when you talk about the SEC just means more uh, and you show up at media days and you see the attention and the excitement and the energy of uh, not just the media that are here but all the all, all the fans that show up and all the uh, the people that are really excited to get this season going. And um, we're really excited about this year. Um, obviously, I know uh, it, it'll be a little different. Um, we lost a great member uh, of the Gator family when uh, George Edmondson, Mr. Two-Bits, passed away. And uh, that is such a... Uh, it, it'll be a, a really interesting to see our first game, you know, when they come out and uh, to go pay, to have a, you know, a, a tribute to him and what he did and one of the great traditions in college football. I think that's it's one of the things that makes college football so special is the traditions. I know everybody loves the game, the excitement and the energy and the game day and, and you know, playing football is the greatest sport. Um, in the world and the excitement that the game brings. But in college football, the traditions uh, and the passion that come along with those traditions are what makes it so special. So uh, we've we brought some great players here with us today. I brought uh, Michael P. Ryan, our, our running back, is here with us. Um, you know, a great uh, came back for a senior year. Obviously, dynamic player as a running back, but also great skill set in the receiving all-around player. Um, Jabari Zaniga is here with us today. A, a defensive end again came back for his senior year. Uh, really important. I know his mom. Kid me up every day of making sure he's on track to graduate, and that was the most important part of his decision to come back his senior year, even more so than his growth development and a few football career, but to make sure that he get, gets his degree. Uh, and we brought uh, quarterback Felipe Franks with us, who uh, I, I really think has come a long way continues to grow, continues to develop, continues to take those steps uh, and in development, because especially in today's world, you look at the, the development of the, the top 25 ranked quarterbacks on all the recruiting sites and his recruiting class, 17 of them have transferred already. Um, and he's, he's stuck it out and he's continued to work and stay through uh, different adversities to continue to grow, to continue to develop and he's starting to reap all the rewards of that now uh, with how he finished last year. Um, but not just those three are whole team. I think we took great strides in our first year uh, in, in the program. Uh, you know, when you look in, in year one and you get a 10-win season, you finish uh, ranked sixth in the country in the final polls. Um, it was really, really exciting. It, it showed how fast our guys bought into what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build. Um, and we have a great group of guys coming back, a lot of talented players coming back on this year's team that now have won games and have high expectations and understand what the Gator standard is all about. Um, and it's about competing for championships every single year. Uh, and, and the positive attitude that we have is, is really exciting. And uh, uh, the excitement beyond just football uh, and what's going on in the field is great. Uh, I'm really excited. We have, uh, you know, we, we just walked in uh, today, did the unveiling for our new uh, locker room in the stadium, the, the uh, Brian Kornblau locker room. Uh, that is, is unbelievable. Our players got to get in there for the first time today. 
today as we uh, continue to work on up upgrading our facilities. We're going to, uh, within the next 12 months, we'll be breaking ground, hopefully, on our new football training facility, uh, which will be uh, a state-of-the-art new everyday operations facility for the football program, uh, as well as involve other aspects for all students on campus. You know, one of the, the great things you look in, in the Gator standard that we talk about at the University of Florida goes beyond football, goes into all sports, where every sport on campus is expected to compete for and win championships, both SEC and national championships. Uh, and it's great. I love having our players around all those other student athletes, all these successful athletes in, in other sports. Uh, and then when you leave the athletic field and you get to go to the classroom and to be a, you know, a school, uh, one of the only, the only school in America that was ranked in the top 10 in academics and top 10 in football of public schools in America last year. Uh, and they're going out against the premier students every single day and, and working with and studying with and, and associating with and networking with and competing with uh, some of the top students uh, in, in the United States, uh, the complete package. Uh, that comes with it, and that, that's really what we believe the Gator standard to be, is about being the absolute best that you can be at whatever it is that you're doing. So our, our guys have really bought into that. Uh, I think we've, we had a great offseason. Uh, the strides our guys took um, coming in, getting ready for year two, we need to take a huge step forward for us this year. You know, I think we had a lot of success last year, but our consistency of performance is something I want to see us change to perform at a high level every single game, every single week, every single play. Uh, the consistency of our performance to continue to improve. So I was going to use all 30 minutes and ramble on, but I, then you guys would be upset that no one got to ask any questions. So um, let's open it up to some questions. All right. Thank you, Coach Mullen. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a microphone to you. We've got Amanda, Jordan, and Sarah. We'll start right over here to our left, Coach, third row. Drew DeArmond, WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama. Coach Mullen, you've done a great job developing quarterbacks during your time at Mississippi State and with the Gators. What did you think Philippi Franks improved? What aspect of his game did he did, uh, did you think improved the most last year? Well, I think as the year went on, I think he understood what his uh, abilities were, and he decided to use all of his talents. You know, I think uh, a light came on that I'm 6'6", 245 pounds, and pretty athletic, and if, if – they're going to just completely empty the middle of the field and I can run into the end zone from 20 yards away untouched that I, I could do that. Um, and I think when he bought into using all of his skill set to play and not trying to limit himself or not trying to worry really about what everybody else thought, um, he was going to be a better player, and he did that. I think he started to block out all the outside noise, all the other opinions. I, I told him, if he said, I said, if you think there, if there, if you know of all these other opinions that are out there of how to play the quarterback position, if there's someone better than Brian Johnson, let me know. I'll hire them to be our quarterback coach. Um, but I think he's a pretty darn good quarterback coach. I have some pretty good experience developing quarterbacks as well. Uh, and if, if you, but Felipe, if you think everybody on Twitter is much better at that, to coach us, let us know. We'll look at them as being the quarterback coach. So uh, I think once he was able to block all of the things out, all of the outside noise, and really look at his skill set, what he does well, he was able to improve. And I think that helped build his confidence and improved his performance on the field. And uh, I thought he took huge strides this spring as well of doing that, of, of now not just understanding himself, but how to use his skill set and a better understanding of making plays within the offensive system. Hey, Coach, we'll go over to the left, about three-quarters of the way back. Mike, 
Mike Bianchi, Orlando Sentinel coach. How important is that Miami game in Orlando to open the season as far as keeping the momentum going that you guys built at the end of last year in the bowl game? Well, I think it's huge. You know, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that game. We're, the, we're you know, we're the, the opening game of the 150th year of college football. So it's a great honor to be just even be involved in that game. You know, you're, you have the everyone that's been really can't wait for college football to start. We get to kick that the season off with, with getting to watch uh, Florida play Miami. And um, on top of it being a, a big rivalry game, uh, you know, within the state of Florida. And, you know, it's not one that's played all the time, uh, but there's a lot of tradition in that game, and there's a lot of people uh, that feel have very strong opinions and, and, and are happy that that game's being played, and to get to see that rivalry be played is really exciting. Uh, and, and to start off the season. You know, I mean, it is uh, it is a huge uh, – it's going to be a huge, you know, kind of catapult for one of the teams, whoever wins that game, into really kicking off the season on the right note with a big win and a big game on, on uh, with a lot of national exposure. So that, that's a big game for us. It's, a, it's exciting to be a part of it, and I know our players are excited to play in it. Coach, will stay in the center section on the right aisle. Dan, what was uh, Connor O'Gara Saturday down south? What was your reaction to hearing that Felipe had been drafted by the Red Sox? Well, as a Red Sox fan, that they do need a lot of help in the bullpen. Um, it looks like you know we've been struggling that way, and I, uh, but he, uh, I think he can throw. He's got a lot of heat. Uh, he said he threw it 95 in the workout for him. Um, I've seen, though, he's still working on his accuracy, so I don't know if I'd want to get in the batter's box if he's throwing 95. But I think it's, you know what, I think it's great for him. It's a great honor for him to get to go um, have that opportunity. Uh, there's a, another quarterback that I coached. That, I don't know if anybody's heard him. He's just kind of minor league ball player right now, played for the AAA Mets, um, named Tim Tebow, and he's managing to – try to pick up baseball. So maybe when football is done, maybe he has a future in baseball, and that'd be really exciting for him. I'd be, I'd be really happy for him. I'm glad it was the Red Sox. I'm a big Red Sox fan, so if one of our guys got to go to a team, I'd love it to be the Red Sox. Right, Coach, we'll stay in the center aisle, left aisle. Hey, uh, Sam Wong from AL.com. I'm curious you know, what you've seen from um, Diabate and, and just kind of the challenges of maybe recruiting players from a, a, you know opposition's college town. Uh, you know what? I think he's done a great job. Obviously, you know, I mean, he's such a, a high-end character young man, and he's a, a great academic student. So I know that the draws of coming to the University of Florida um, for him and his family uh, as such a great, not just football player, but, a, but academic student as well, uh, were huge. And I think, you know what? He's got a great attitude and a great work ethic and uh, had a pretty solid spring uh, for us. Uh, obviously, it's, it's making that adjustment. I want to see how that adjustment translates onto the field as young players, you know, I mean, he's uh, still a young guy, but, you know, by graduating early, I do think you, uh, sometimes you, you give yourself that advantage of getting to go through an offseason to understand what it is, and you get to physically develop uh, a little bit better, and, it, and it, it gives you that opportunity to get on the field and play right away as a freshman. Coach, will go all the way to the back of the right side. Hi, Luke Guillory from the Red and Black. Uh, Commissioner Sankey talked about mental health in his opening, and you've talked a lot about ath or academics. Um, is that something you focus on within your program, the stress on players on the field and off the field in the classroom? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, I mean, one of the things you look, um, 
uh, at our players is they come on. I think a lot of things, there's, there, there's lots of different pressures on them. Uh, you know, there are guys that on a Saturday, um, a lot of people come watch them play, and a lot of people, you know, think, boy, these guys are these, you know, celebrity football stars. Uh, Monday morning, they still got to go to class with everybody else. They still got to make sure they're turning in their papers, getting their assignments done, uh, get in the classroom, uh, and, and, and complete their degree and continue to work that way. Uh, so there are those pressures that come from them, not just the, the time responsibilities and, the, phys and the, the physical strain of playing football, but the emotional responsibilities of the pressure of being 19 years old, um, you know, and having everybody really critique your performance. Uh, uh, and then, you know, just that, that maturity, you know, I mean, college is such a big maturing time for young people. I mean, you think of that 18 to 22 years old and, you know, how you, you, you learn about yourself, find out about yourself. A lot of guys, it's their first time ever being away from home and you're growing and you're finding out about yourself. And, and a lot of these guys are having doing it under a spotlight with a lot of people watching them and critiquing everything that they do. Uh, so I think it is, it, it's huge. We spend a lot of time uh, with our team on developing every aspect of their life, of maintaining not just their physical health, their mental health, their emotional health, uh, and allowing them to continue to grow and develop in every way possible and expose them to as much as possible so that they can learn. You know, I mean, our ultimate responsibility for me as the head coach is make sure that, you know, when these guys walk out the door that they're prepared for whatever the world's going to throw at them. You know, I think everybody gets caught up in, in the 1% that go on to play professional football. Uh, but there's a lot of guys in our program that have a, have a whole life ahead of them to go leave, and we have to make sure that they're prepared for whatever life is going to go throw at them. Coach, will go straight in front of us here in the second row. Buddy Martin from the Buddy Martin Show. Dan, everybody says college football needs a rivalry really bad, and we know they do. Florida has more rivalries than most teams do, you know, as you know quite well. In particular, one that uh, resides in the state up above where you operate. There's been a lot of talk between the two schools, the fans at least, a lot this summer, more than usual. Good thing, bad thing, and do you, th do you sense there's more talk about Florida, Georgia? Um, I don't know. I, th I think the rivalries, one thing that is unique for us, as you said, you have the different rivalries um, that we deal with. And I think one of the things, I think if you can find a Florida fan that, and I don't know if you'll find a, a consensus one way or the other, this is our biggest rivalry or that's our biggest rivalry. Uh, and I think that's, I think that, that makes it fun. I mean, the rivalries are what's special, um, you know, for us. I mean, obviously, uh, every game that we play is really important. The rivalry games always have a little bit more meaning to them. Um, but I don't know that one's bigger than, than the other for us, you know, and I think it's, uh, I think if you, you look at the fans, I, I think maybe if you look at the, the Florida, Georgia, Rivalry, you know, and it is a unique deal because it has a lot of uh, implications on who's going to win the SEC East. If you look at Florida, Florida State rivalry, uh, it has a lot of implications on people that are neighbors and live next to each other, and you know, within the state boundaries. And uh, so, I, I think it's they're, they're they're very unique in their own way of what makes the rivalry special. Okay, we're going to go back here on the right side, right here alongside the aisle. 
Ryan LaVoy, Sports Call Auburn. Coach Mullen, do you have any interest talking about that Florida-Georgia rivalry of making it into a campus game, both in Athens and in Gainesville, or do you like that it's a neutral site in Jacksonville? Um, you know what? I, I think you can make an argument either way. I think, I think being in the neutral site, obviously, it makes it a very special game, a very unique game that you get to go coach in. And there's not many of those in college football. You know, if you look at those every year traditional uh, neutral site games, right? And I might, might be off on it. I know there's Florida, Georgia, uh, there's Texas, Oklahoma, and there's Army, Navy. Uh, I don't know if there's any more than that. If I am, I don't want to offend a rivalry out there. Uh, but that, that's something special to say that you got to play in this very special, unique game. Um, but you can also see and make the argument on the other way of how big a game it is. You know, you're, lo you're taking one of your biggest rivalry games every year and you're moving it off campus where you can't host that in your home stadium for your fans, all your season ticket holders for recruiting. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think that you can make arguments on, on both sides of why it should stay in Jacksonville, why it should leave Jacksonville uh, and be a home and home. Uh, and it's interesting. I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting discussion in the next couple of years is when the contract runs up of, of what the future is going to be for that game. Okay, we're going to stand on the right side, Coach, about three quarters of the way back. If you could stand. Thank you. Coach, Ben Portnoy from Commercial Dispatch. Just at Mississippi State, year one to year two, y'all obviously made a big jump. Is there anything you can maybe apply from, say, that situation to this year's? And I guess, obviously, having jumped to 10 wins last year, is there what maybe goes into jumping from, say, 10 to 11 or 12? Well, let's hope we make the same jump we did there. So I think we went from 5 to 9 or 10, 9. Uh, that's four. So if we can go from 10 to 14, that would be pretty good. Um, this year, I would take that. And, but I, I think a lot of it, I think, comes from year one to year two. I think coming in now, everyone understands the program. Um, you know, so when you come in last year, when you show up in, in January and you're going through the off season, it's the first time the guys had ever done it. Uh, they're going through spring ball. They didn't really always know what to expect out there on the field. Even though you can talk about it, they'd never physically done it. Uh, then you go through summer and training camp and in season, you know, we go to play our first game and your, your first pregame meal. It's like, okay, you know, I mean, this is, how does this work? Uh, I think in year two, there's a lot more comfort within the program. Our guys knew what to expect to come into the offseason. It's easier to attack the offseason. And I think we've made bigger gains uh, in a lot of ways this offseason uh, than we did last year. I think, you know, a lot of last year's are dramatic gains because, you know, it's very different than what they've done. But this year, there's a better understanding of what we're trying to accomplish so you can make big gains. Uh, in spring ball, we go out on the practice field. There's no question or doubts. When we go to drills, everybody knows what the ex expectations are. They've run the offense and run the defense. So I think that gives you an opportunity to have a, a, a big jump in the second season. Obviously, I think we had a great year last year, but uh, we'd love it to be even better this year. Coach, we'll go on this left aisle of this center section in the back. Hey, Dan, uh, Brooks Gabina from The Advocate in Baton Rouge. Um, yeah, there seems to be a trend, at least at LSU, with defenses looking for one-on-one -on -one matchups, even going away from standard positions in the secondary and linebackers to get those. Just offensively, have you noticed that? And how do you attack that offensively? 
Well, I think one thing, I think if you look at football, it's, it's, there is a very much of a matchup game. It's something that I think we started to really work on about 15 years ago when we created the offense is how to create advantageous matchups out there on the field is how to take, um, you know, how to work to get one of our better players or our best players on one of your weaker players. And so I think uh, that was always a, a big focus that we have. And it's, uh, I think if you look at football at the next level, at the NFL, I think that's a huge focus in the NFL of how do they create different matchups on the field. Well, because of that, I think defenses have done a great job throughout the years of trying to adjust to that, of, of okay, if, 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 how are, if you're creating this matchup over here offensively, uh, how do we defend and not allow you to create a huge advantageous matchup on you? And it's just part of the chess game back and forth. Hey, Coach, we'll go over to our right here in the second row. Coach Alan Binder from the New York Times. There was no turnover this offseason among head coaches in the SEC. How do you see that translating to your field prep or your game prep and your on field work? Um, I don't know. We don't play everybody in the league, so I guess it's only tricky when you're playing somebody new. Um, but there were there some coordinator changes as well, so you're going to have to deal with that part of it, you know, whoever's calling the plays and how you adjust to those things. Um, but it, is, it, was, it was good, pretty, pretty interesting that there wasn't turnover this year. I've been, this is, my, I think, my 11th year being here um, at, at SEC Media Days. And, and, uh, this might be the first time in those 11 years that they're, you know, when you go to, we go to our league meetings, you go to the spring meetings, and it's all same 11, uh, the, well, the other 13 people are the same. It was 11 for a while, um, and 13 people are all the same, so I don't know that that's happened before, but uh, I think it's unique. I think it's great. I think, you know, I do think there's a lot to building programs. Uh, I was very fortunate. I got to spend nine years at Mississippi State University. With a, in, uh, um, I, in that time, I was allowed to go build a program and build a program that could potentially win consistently. I know it's tough in today's world because everybody wants instant gratification. Um, but we're, I was able to build a, 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 a program that could win consistently there. And uh, that's the same thing I want to accomplish at the University of Florida is come in and build a program that uh, not just wins, but also competing for championships on a consistent basis. And uh, to do that, sometimes that takes time. And, and, you know, I guess it's good to see that people are looking in and saying, hey, if we feel comfortable with the, the direction our program's headed, um, we're going we're gonna to be patient with this and, and give this coach an opportunity to go build it to go have success over the long haul. Right, coach, we'll go here to our left in the front row. Parrish. Parrish All for Daily Journal. Dan, what was your take on Van Jefferson, how he adapted to new surroundings and your expectations for him? Well, I think Van, you know, I mean, coming in and being a first-year player in our program, he worked hard. I mean, came in, did worked his tail off in the offseason, put on some weight and some size, got faster, um, you know, and then went out and and performed. I mean, he is a he's a worker. Uh, you know, I don't, he's one of those guys that is constantly working every day on being a better route runner, working on his hands, studying the game, understanding the game. Uh, and I think that translated into a lot of the success. He was our leading receiver last year and, and coming back this year. I think he's a guy also has great maturity to understand and saying, okay, here's the parts of my game that I need to, I, you know, I, as all of our guys do have great aspirations of going on and playing professional football. And, um, but he has the maturity to understand, here's parts of my game I 
and continue to work on to put myself in a position to be completely prepared when I get an opportunity to go to the next level. Um, and he's done that all spring and, and has had a, a, a tremendous spring and it has really adapted well uh, into the program, into what we do and how we run the program. Um, and it's really great. I mean, our program's about hard work. And, you know, and that's, that's something he believes in. So I think it's a great fit for him to be in a program that really has the same values that he has. Coach, we'll go straight in front of us here on the front row. Coach, we know Joe Bombo, SB Nation Radio. We know you've always talked about this system being sort of like a two-year process. And clearly you guys hit the ground running last year. Uh, how do you control the narrative that the bar could possibly be set too high and going into this year? What's your message to those guys? Well, I set the bar. I like to set the bar really high. You know, I, I think I don't know if there's anybody out there that has higher expectations for this team and for the program as a whole than I do. Uh, so we like to set that bar high and we're constantly striving to uh, to be the absolute best that we can be. Uh, so I don't always let expectations bother me. I, I kind of like them um, having expectations. And I like guys in our program to have expectations and expect great things from themselves, expect great things from the team, and expect great things from the program. So uh, instead of shying away from them, embrace those expectations, you know, and try, uh, try to live up to them. And to be honest with you, try to surpass the expectations that are out there for you as a team and for us as a program. And uh, uh, I, I think if, if, if you do that, you're going to have the opportunity to be successful. And, uh, you know, it, that's something we've, we've always tried to live by. Okay, Coach, we'll go back over here to our right on the second row. Microphone coming up behind you. Coach, Matt Lowe with Lindy Sports. Uh, just wanted to get your uh, – what about the transfer portal? Do you think there should be some kind of a, a, a timetable ta time where kids can transfer in? What kind of challenges does that present as far as managing your roster? Well, being new, I think there's, it offers a, a great deal of challenges right now for everybody. And, you know, I think one of the hard ones is finding the balance of, um, the, you know, the signing limitations that the NCA has. And, and I understand it. I haven't worked on NCA committees. I'm understanding why they have those and the reasoning for them. Uh, but also, if you're going to have the transfer portal and this many guys enter the transfer portal uh, in one year, I think you also have to look and say, okay, well, we've changed a rule over here, so we have to be willing to change a rule over here to make it fit, uh, to allow coaches to be able to best manage the roster and allow programs to manage their roster. Um, I think it'll be something. I think it'll still be probably, a, you know, some rough waters still for the next couple of years for everybody, uh, everybody involved, you know the players that are transferring, uh, the programs that, you know, that, that have guys transferring in and out of, and uh, obviously the NCAA and, and different leagues at the administrative level of what the trends are and how to go wor work with it, right? I think some, I read somewhere there's more kids in the transfer portal than scholarships available, so that doesn't make a lot of sense for those kids. It means kids are, kids are going to be left without, and kids are going to... Uh, be put in a bad situation, uh, potentially, you know, some it'll work out for some, not for others. And, uh, that's always, that's always a rough deal. So I be interested to see how it goes over the next couple of years, um, within transfers, you know, and, and for these kids, I mean, Hey, you know, we, we have, I, we, I've had a guy on a transfer portal and come to me and say, well, coach, it's good, right? I'm going to be immediately eligible where I can go play there next year. I, I don't think so. I think you have to, you know, that school's going to have to file a waiver for you. 
for the NCAA. And well, can you say yes? I said, I, the NCAA says yes. I don't control who's eligible and not in the NCAA. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of a learning curve that goes on, and there's going to be continue to be a lot of learning curve uh, for both players, uh, coaches, and administrations within the transfer portal for the next couple of years until everybody adapts to it. There's going to be a new norm, though, in college football. It's going to be very different than it's been. Uh, and I think as everybody learns to adapt to it and what the best way is to adapt to it, we'll see over the next several years. Okay, we have time for maybe one more. If anybody has one, we'll come back up here, up here and finish on the right-hand side, second row. Hey, Coach, uh, Bruce Marshall from Sports Byline USA. Quick question about uh, players coming out early. Mm -hmm. uh, and in comparison to basketball, which seems to have allows a little bit more time for the players to judge. They, go, they have camps, they can pull their name out. Uh, on the football side, it happens really quick, especially for teams that play in bowl games, and that process seems to really be rushed. Is that an optimal way to do it, or do you think something more like basketball is more appropriate? But I'd have to really study the basketball way. I study our way because I know that's the reality that we live in right now. And so what's the best way uh, for me? You know, as a head coach, I try as best as I can to educate guys and to help and allow them to make great decisions, you know, of, uh, for the short term and obviously for their long-term futures. And I, I think it is. I, I think one of the hardest things we do deal with is making sure that guys get the proper information and make great decisions. You know, I've seen guys make really good decisions declaring early for the NFL draft, and I've made, seen guys make really good decisions coming back to school. Um, and staying to continue their growth and development. Uh, you see guys that make really poor decisions leaving early for the NFL draft, you know, where that, that, that really hurt them and they could have had a lot more success if they had stayed. Uh, I, don't, I haven't seen many that have decided to stay and that hurt them. So I, 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 maybe I'm sure there's one or a couple of cases out there. Um, but, but to me, it is making sure that they, are, they have the knowledge and the understanding to make the best decisions for themselves and for the future. And, what they, um, and I always hope that guys make the right ones. That, that's, that's the biggest one for me is, is mine is I hope they make the right ones because you know, my concern is not just short-term but their long-term future, that they're making the best decisions for them, for their, for their future and their lives. All right, Coach Mullen, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll see you. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Get ready for some football. Go Gators. <laughs> Dan Mullen, uh, not done on our airways. He will join us here on the set. Uh, 